This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Transfer Show. It's the Arsenal News Show. We're, we're closing in on the Arsenal Transfer Show. We will start that, of course, at the beginning of December. We always start the Transfer Show a month before the opening of the next window. So that will indeed be uh, the 1st of December, which is just over a week away now. Um, but good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you happen to be joining us from in the world. Thank you so much for choosing to do so. It means everything. And uh, thank you to everyone that continues to do so. I hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Um, let's jump into the chat box, shall we? And say good morning to people. Jimbo, good morning to you, to Blackshine, to Sabre, to Maximius, to Damien. We've got Ray, uh, Old Dave, Amira, Marcus, Glenn, uh, Rob, Bob, Stevie, Tom, Old Dave, Steve, Boss Buller. Uh, Pam, Grantley, Poos, Matt G, Temi, Rich, Martin, Wilson, and plenty more of you guys and girls as well. Thank you so much for always tuning in, always joining us. It is very much appreciated. Um, we've got a lot of big news to discuss today. We've got some interesting uh, stories to talk about, especially regarding that vote that took place yesterday uh, with Premier League clubs deciding upon whether or not uh, other teams who are owned by the same um, kind of uh, people, consortiums, etc., can indeed uh, choose or not choose to to loan players between clubs, and it was a an outcome that Arsenal are not happy about. Um, so we'll be discussing that and a lot more uh, as well. If you could drop a like on the video, of course, we are still doing our one k every day challenge. Uh, we again succeeded yesterday. We succeeded in uh, getting to another thousand, and it means that we are just. Today, tomorrow and Friday away from completing the challenge. So we need this home run, this home stretch, this last final push to try and get uh, to our challenge target every single day during the international break. A mad challenge to try. We're going for it. I've also got news of another show today as well. We're going to be doing a show dedicated to tickets, something of a phone-in show uh, today. The ballot system has caused quite a lot of discussion, quite a lot of... uh, 
debate about its its usage, its implementation, how effective it is. And I wrote a piece about this uh, the other day that you might have seen, which uh, split views and caused some division on people's views about it. So we're going to have a chat to uh, uh, one of those critics this evening and also get some of your thoughts in a phone-in style show tonight at seven o'clock. So set your alarms for seven o'clock tonight. We'll have a show for you then. Um, very much looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, it means you've got two episodes of TGT today. Hopefully these evening shows become uh, a greater regularity in the next few months or so. Um, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be good. Uh, but thank you so much, everybody, for joining us as always today. And drop that like. But without further ado, let's stop wasting time and jump into today's stories. Uh, first of all, Gabriel Jesus played the full 90 minutes against Argentina in a dramatic defeat that included plenty of crowd trouble as well. The big news from an Arsenal perspective is not only did uh, Jesus play, but uh, we also saw plenty from Martinelli and Gabriel uh, Magalhaes as well. All three Arsenal Brazilians starting in this game in which Brazil fell to their third straight defeat and it leaves them sixth amongst the table of nations trying to qualify for World Cup 2026. Uh, some of the scenes are really bad. Um, I've seen plenty scoured across uh, social media. I, I don't recommend, to be honest, watching them. Some of them are quite harrowing. Um, they are accessible and you can see them. They're not nice. Hopefully, those responsible for the violence can be, you know, rightfully uh, punished for that because some of it is is really, really bad. Um, but uh, Brazil losing the game and speaking about it from an Arsenal perspective purely, um, Gabriel Jesus completed the entire match, was not substituted, did get a yellow card in the game um, as Brazil sadly were unable from their perspective at least to get a result. Um, but uh, what we did see is we saw Andre feature in midfield uh, as well, which was rather Interesting. However, it's unlikely the player is going to be uh, arriving at Arsenal because according to the Express, Fulham are now the side that seem to be closest to securing a deal for Andre. And uh, it seems that the player uh, who was linked with us, with Liverpool, Manchester United, plenty of other top teams, may choose to make a switch to a, a different Premier League club in the hope of succeeding um, and getting more game time before maybe making the next step. It's a move that I think makes sense of the player and I think is a move that we're starting to see uh, happen more gradually, happen more frequently. Um, and we're starting to see these types of moves happen as players realise that going to the likes of Chelsea, Man City sometimes, even some of the big clubs in Europe, doesn't guarantee them enough minutes at a really critical age um, as well. So a player that was linked to, to Arsenal, it seems, according to the Express, is set to join Fulham. Uh, but we'll continue to follow this story and let you know if anything changes. Another big bit of news was that Arsenal released some training images in which we've seen Martin Odegaard taking part, you can see here, uh, in training as well, which was obviously a massive, massive boost um, to Arsenal's hopes that he will return from what has been a number of, of issues that he's been suffering from, uh, a head injury, a concussion, uh, and of course that hip problem as well. And so uh, I, I think that this is obviously positive, seeing him involved. It's a really difficult kind of situation to recover from concussions because they're different for every single person that suffers them. And you just don't know how a player is going to respond to it, how quickly they're going to recover from it. Um, but Martin Odegaard being spotted here in training is obviously a very positive thing in the world. There's there's 
optimism that he could be available for the game against Brentford. Let's keep those fingers crossed and hopefully um, we'll be able to uh, see him involved in the game uh, this weekend when the Premier League returns. Uh, the headline story, however, is that Arsenal were among 13 clubs to lose a vote to stop this loan loophole. So uh, a ban on signing loan players from partner teams um, were, according to the Times and Martin Ziegler's piece, uh, the teams that stopped this were Newcastle, Sheffield United, Manchester City, Chelsea, Everton, Wolves and Nottingham Forest. So for those thinking, why well, there's 20 clubs and only seven we needed to stop it. That is the rule. You only need seven clubs to vote against a motion uh, to prevent it from happening. And in this case, we saw seven teams, um, you know, uh, vote against this. Now, what's interesting, I suppose, is that it's exactly seven that is needed. Um, exactly seven. Now, clubs like Nottingham Forests, to my understanding, at least, don't aren't involved in kind of a, uh, like a multi multi club system. Now, Sheffield United uh, are, according to Martin Ziegler, uh, have joined the uh, opposition side because they're owned, I think, by Saudi Arabian uh, investors. They've also got a multi club model with some clubs in Belgium, Everton, of course, who have recently been bought by Seven 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 Partners. They're involved in a um, a multi-club model as well. Their new owners have a number of other teams also. Manchester United, rather interestingly, didn't vote against this. And Jim Radcliffe, I believe, is involved in a deal with, uh, with Nice. Um, so it's interesting that that saw still Manchester United vote against it. But perhaps that's to do with their city rivals, Manchester City. We know that they were always going to vote against this because of the City Football Group. Chelsea as well are looking at trying to expand the multi-club model. They've got links with Strasbourg as well, so it was unsurprising to see them vote against it. Newcastle, of course, being Saudi-owned and with all these links and rumours around the likes of Ruben Neves, who's been linked with Arsenal as well, um, were always probably going to vote against this. The interesting ones are Forest and Wolves. I don't really know too much about their own multi-club model ambitions, or if there are, um, is that I think Nottingham Forest owners have a number of clubs as well uh, that would make sense for them to be uh, against this. But uh, apparently there is some anger at Sheffield United joining the opposition group, especially because they're such a, I, with respect, a smaller part of the Premier League and unexpected to carry on. But yeah, Arsenal were amongst the teams that did not want this to to continue. They wanted a ban on this, uh, on this to happen. And obviously that's very, very frustrating for a club like Arsenal. And it does, I suppose, put pressure on Arsenal to perhaps start to consider their own multi-club model. It is something that I have said numerous times in the past that I think Arsenal need to be more wise to and need to make sure that they start evolving towards. Arsenal need to have their own, in my view, multi-club model. It is the way forwards. It is something that FIFA and the governing bodies of the footballing world want to support, want to encourage. It is something that the that they are very kind of attuned to and think that can be beneficial for the sport. Um, and whilst we may have our dividing views on that, I think we have to be honest that Arsenal needs to move with the time somewhat and also need to have uh, and involve themselves in a multi-club model to help support their own infrastructure as a club as we move uh, into the next era of this sport. We may not like it. We may not want to do it as fans. And there may be some uh, own frustrations to it. But I think that certainly it is a, it is a way that Arsenal 
can uh, continue to be as competitive as possible. And so whilst it may not be something everyone is keen on, it's certainly something I believe Arsenal need to start considering and including in things as well. Um, but that is all of today's stories. I'm sure we're going to discuss this and more in part two and your questions. And we're going to do that right after this. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, um, let's go into the chat box then. But before we do, please, if you haven't done so already, please do drop a like on the video, subscribe to the channel. Um, as I mentioned at the start of the show, for those that join late, we have been successful so far in our 1K everyday challenge during the international break. Please do continue to show plenty of support for the channel. Uh, and we've got three more days to try and complete this rather ludicrous aim that I set ourselves that we are absolutely smashing. So thank you for the continued support in doing so um okay let's go on jordan says why is this something that the clubs get to vote on it's an interesting question jordan and my honest answer is i'm not 100 percent sure why this goes down to the clubs it's not the first thing the clubs have rather in my view frustratingly voted against uh because we saw earlier this year that semi-automatic offsides was something that the premier league clubs also voted against the support of the introduction to uh, infrastructure, investment, the amount of money it would cost, I think, led to it. Also, feelings that that technology of semi-auto offsides would be outdated pretty quickly, I think, also fed into the opinion that it should be voted against. I'm not sure where Arsenal stood on that ruling in particular. I'd be surprised if they were against it, especially considering the whole Brentford situation last season. Um, but it's something that continues to be put forward to clubs as different types of things. For me, I agree with your asking of the question, Jordan, I think alluding to the fact that maybe this is a decision that should have been made by the football governing authorities uh, and they should have chose instead to to outlaw this kind of loophole, if you like, in transfers that's going to give certain clubs plenty of benefits uh, and plenty of advantages, I think, personally. Uh, Maximir says, the more I see all these things, the more I feel strongly that we are moving towards a Super League uh, and I do tend to agree. I think the Super League was obviously something that reared his head recently. And only will we see a that, that situation not happen is if suddenly clubs completely change the way in which 
they're being run at the moment, which is in a Super League-style fashion. The Premier League in itself is is coming across as quite Super League-ish. And I think also that the Champions League's reform and change next season, Arsenal will, of course, we expect to be involved in this competition. But the Champions League is turning into a round-robin system. There'll be two extra games. The teams will have to play during the group stage period, which is becoming the league stage period. And the knockout system is the same as it was before with teams qualifying if they're in a certain portion of the table uh, with those those um, fixtures being determined at random based upon seedings, I think. So it's the, it's the historical merit. It's the teams getting in. And we think that fifth place this season will be enough for teams to qualify from the Premier League for the Champions League. We'll have to wait and see on that one. But it just seems as though that Arsenal... Um, are a club that are open to these changes, more so than maybe people think. Jimbo says we voted against the Super League. We didn't initially, though. We were part of the Super League. Like Arsenal were part of it, along with uh, Chelsea and Manchester United and Spurs and City and Liverpool. Um, and, of course, Inter Milan, AC Milan, Juventus, Real Madrid, Barcelona. Um, we saw those teams join up. We saw those teams involved. Bayern Munich, uh, Borussia Dortmund, well, Borussia, I don't think Borussia Dortmund were actually. I can't remember, but Dort, uh, Bayern Munich certainly were, um, and PSG of course as well. So yeah, very very strange um, times we live in. But there's a lot of change in football, and we're having to get used to, I suppose, what's going on. The Champions League in itself, when it first came to fruition, you know, I think back what, in 1992, um, 1990. Um, when it, when it decided that it was going to change and it was going to become, you know, a group stage and then teams that weren't champions of their leagues were going to be involved, like, that was a big change that people were very resistant to initially. But we've become very much used to it and we've become, you know, it's just it's uh, assimilated itself into our thinking about football. So whilst we're a bit, you know, not that keen on change now, I can imagine that we'll very quickly get used to it. And uh, trust me, if we win it, even in this new form, I think we'll still be very happy about it. Um, Alistair Ben says, in David Dean's book, he said that he tried to get Arsenal to do a multi-club setup like what City have, but the board rejected it. Um, and it's something that clearly, uh, it depends on when that board was and who was involved in that board, Alistair, of course, because the board is now headed up by Stan Kroenke. And I don't know if it was headed up by Stan Kroenke then, but Arsenal have voted against it, and not voted against it, but voted against this benefit, I suppose, to multi-club model teams. But maybe it'll be something that catalyzes the position that Arsenal have towards a multi-club model. Uh, Reckon Dice says, uh, related to my first question, do you think Arteta has been exposed by the Brazilian team's doctors regarding his comments on Jesus being out for weeks? He didn't say he'd be out for weeks recently. This was a, a weeks ago that Arteta said he'd be out for weeks. What he did say before the international break was that he wasn't close, um, which I think is obviously what the Brazilian side have. I don't think it's about being exposed at all. I think it's different views of the usage of a player. For Brazil, they have no loyalties to Arsenal. And with no Neymar and you know no Vinicius, they were reliant upon Gabriel Jesus for this game and needed him for this game and wouldn't be playing another game until early next year. And so, therefore, it made sense that they would use Jesus. Arteta would prefer that he was given the relevant rest needed to fully recover in the hope that any football would not impact upon a potential future injury. So, no, I don't think there's been any, been any exposing of Arteta's comments. The only thing that I think has perhaps been drawn into the light is the divide in opinion between the club 
and Brazil regarding Gabriel Jesus and, and how they see him as a potential player and, and in terms of his usage and status of his injury right now. Uh, Philip says, Tom, I just want to say thank you for the video. Such a great way to start my mornings. Must be a grind every day, but we appreciate it. Well, Philip, you're very welcome, my friends. I'm glad you're enjoying the content. It's a grind, like anyone who works knows it's a grind to, to work, but uh, I very much enjoy this, and I enjoy that you tune in and listen to it and that you give such kind feedback and comments. So uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Lewis says, Bournemouth owner just founded a new team uh, today. Uh, thought they would have voted against it. Um, uh, I guess I guess not. I guess at the moment it's not something that is going to affect them too much if they voted uh, against the ban. Uh, Colin says, if Man City and, uh, and Chelsea were in the Super League, how would any EPL punishment affect them? I guess that it would only affect them in regards to the Premier League. Of course, the Super League was designed to exist outside of typical domestic leagues. And so therefore you'd compete in the Premier League and the Super League. So any Premier League punishments would not be um, you know, confined would would only be confined to the Premier League or perhaps the domestic tournaments like the FA Cup, the League Cup, etc. I'm not sure. Maybe that'd be more to do with the FA. Um, but the, the the Super League exists in its own universe in the sense that it's run and managed by the clubs, which I'm not necessarily in favour of too much. And it's a problem because obviously the governing bodies like FIFA have had so much controversy related towards them that. I understand why people feel as though clubs should be in charge more so. But if we're being honest, is that really the right way forwards? Should leagues be managed by the clubs themselves? Is that going to provide greater openings for exploitation of some and, you know, um, using loopholes in some ways by clubs? I don't know. It's difficult. It's one to theorise and get your thoughts and comments on. Leave your comments, of course, in the comment section down below about how you feel about the idea of clubs running the league themselves um, rather than it being run by a governing body like the Premier League, the FA or FIFA or UEFA, etc. Um, James is buzzing to see us back, Tom. How are you feeling ahead of the weekend? I'm feeling good, James. I'm looking forward to this weekend. I'm looking forward to uh, going to Brentford. I enjoyed going there earlier this season in the League Cup. And I'm looking forward to going there again, hopefully this weekend as well. Um, Reckland Dice says, I don't think Arteta has been fully honest about injuries to the media and I love him and fully back him as our manager. He doesn't have to be. Like, he doesn't have to be completely honest to us in a press conference if he doesn't want to. It's his choice. He doesn't have to be transparent. He doesn't have to give opposition teams tips and clues and hints about who or who may not be available. And I don't mind him doing that. It's frustrating, of course. It makes our job harder. It makes my job harder talking about football it makes your job harder as fans to have a better view or or considered opinion on different things but there's nothing wrong with Arteta not being fully honest in a press conference about anything really he can choose what he wants to say and what he wants to be transparent about and what he doesn't want to be transparent about and I think that's important just two seconds because I've realized my laptop's not plugged in that's what happens when the missus plugs in her electric toothbrush and takes out my laptop <laughs> that'd have been disastrous imagine losing imagine losing uh the show because of an electric toothbrush needing to be plugged in uh rob says thoughts on spurs likely to get 10 points deduction for dodgy deals with uh portsmouth and defoe with the non-authorized agent luton got 10 point deductions for a similar 
infringement. Of course, this is allegations at the moment. We're not sure what's going to happen with Spurs and Portsmouth. What are my thoughts on it? I mean, if they've broken the rules, they should face a deduction. You know, that's probably the way that it, it should be. Uh, the Times revealed this story. It is interesting that these things are coming to the fore now, I suppose. And the timing of it is quite impeccable with what's going on with other teams like Everton, of course, getting uh, specifically uh, you know, punished with the, the points deduction. So it's very interesting. Um, very, very interesting indeed. Um, Thomas says, morning, Tom. Hope you had a good birthday. Thank you, mate. Uh, managers are already moaning of too many games, I'm, so I'm not sure how the Super League would therefore work. Well, I, I don't know how many extra games it would necessarily you know add to the calendar that's the problem i don't i don't know how many games it would add extra whereas the champions league is already adding another couple of games to the calendar as well with this round robin system um let's go to uh khan says this favors newcastle they could loan ronaldo benzema mana other stars in their off season in terms of hidden handshakes that doesn't impact their ffp um, yeah, I, I, I guess they, they could. And I guess we'll have to keep an eye out on that. Um, and it, we will certainly be keeping an eye out on those types of loans if and when they happen. Uh, Philip says, if Partey does move on, would you prefer an under-25 or 25-year-old to replace him? Uh, youth or experience? I think it depends on the player, Philip. It's not as simple as, you know, having one age. It depends on who the player is. You know, a 24, 25-year-old player is still a good investment a 27-plus player is not necessarily going to give you the same level of return over as long of a period. Um, and also, they're not as malleable as those younger players that you can coach a lot more uh, at their age. So I guess that, for me, is is the way forwards in that regard. But I don't think it matters. I think it's more to do with the player uh, than a under 25 or 25. I think that's, that's more the player than the age. When you get to the 27-pluses, that's when age starts to factor into it a bit more. But, uh, yeah, when it comes to a 25 and under, it's more to do with who the player is now, good they are, than specifically the, the age bracket in, in those senses. Uh, Cross Junkie uh, says, uh, the stars are aligning for us to win the league with all the other clubs and their dodgy dealings. Who knows? Will Spurs, Chelsea and City face um, <laughs> face to points deductions? I guess we will have to wait and see. Um, let's go... To, let's scroll up a little bit more. Uh, Vanna Duty says, Soul. So a player A goes to Saudi on a 600k uh, a week and then could get loaned to Newcastle with the Saudi club still paying a huge chunk of the wages before beating FFP. Again, this is a potential loophole. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Uh, Marcus says, Do we get a birthday review show? Of course, including details of dinner, lunchtime, autograph signings, and keeping up the great work, even though you're a year old. <laughs> uh, very briefly. Uh, it just was a couple of presents in the morning. Very nice lunch at an Italian restaurant in a local area, um, of which I had an amazing cheesecake, which is what I'll, again, cheesecake is the one. You've, you know this from Arsenal's cheese. It was it was nearly as good as the Arsenal one. Uh, chill evening with parents. Uh, and uh, yeah, that was it. It was a really quiet one. I'm enjoying Sunday. Sunday is going to be the main day um to go out and enjoy some uh some activities so yeah that's that's what i'm looking forward to got the game on saturday of course working saturday but sunday uh sabre says tom you didn't enjoy us how you enjoyed the italian it was very nice i had uh you know uh caprese to start it's one of my favorite starters just it's so simple so basic but it's amazing tomatoes and mozzarella you can't beat it uh spaghetti and meatballs for mains and as i said cheesecake for dessert it was uh it was very very nice indeed uh, rob bob says no co coincidence stories are coming out now 
methinks, likelihood of further revelations of various clubs, fingers crossed that we're not amongst them. And I think, Rob, you're right to bring this up. You know, we're sitting here pointing fingers at Chelsea and City and now Spurs. None of us know whether or not Arsenal are squeaky clean. None of us know whether or not we are 100% good. We hope that we are. The indications are that we are. Um, but we don't know because we're not the ones making the calls, making the decisions. We have seen suggestions that Arsenal were on a watch list of clubs that were close to breaching financial fair play at one point. How close we were or how if we ever you know, went over that line, I don't know is the answer. But ultimately, we don't know. We don't know whether or not um, we're, we're, we're going to fall foul of it, whether we're vulnerable to it. Uh, whether things have happened or we just don't know yet. We don't know. So we could just keep those fingers crossed that the club have acted in the correct way over the course of the last however many years before Arteta, before Emery, during Wenger, before Wenger. Like, you know, who knows? We'll have to wait and see. And hopefully Arsenal are and have acted, uh, you know, proper. Uh, Nicholas, thank you so much for the kind donation. Happy birthday, TC. I hope it's still within the bounds to send well wishes. It's always within the bounds. Thank you, Nicholas. Very much appreciate that. Very kind of you. Indeed. Uh, Dale says, I was looking at our slow starts in games and Arsenal have led at halftime only four times this season. That does sound problematic uh, if we are to win the league. And I agree. I think certainly it's something that needs to be addressed in the forthcoming games. We need to try and get greater uh, chance creation early on. We need to try and take leads early on in games more often. And that is going to be, without a doubt, much, much better. Uh, so let's wait and see. Uh, Maximir says, if Raul Sanyehi had stayed on a few more months, I bet that we would have been in that kind of list. Thankful he was shunted out of the last at the right moment. Um, the allegations that Raul Sanier has faced from plenty of Arsenal fans are pretty well known by that at this point. Um, but I am very happy that we did move away from Raul Sanier here. And hopefully, uh, you know, you consider the fact he worked at Barcelona. Look at what Barcelona are in right now and the chaos that they are facing. So, yeah, I think it probably was the right choice in the end to move on from Raul Sanyehi. Uh, Faluso says, if we are caught in FFP issues, our case would be as bad as Everton's FFP violations still haven't won anything with it. Um, again, we're going to have to wait and see, Faluso. We have no evidence at the moment suggest that Arsenal are vulnerable to this, but that could change immediately if there's any investigations or revelations in the media regarding Arsenal's. Uh, Mark says, do you hear anything on the progress of Loni Marquinhos? When he came in, uh, there was hope that he could be a backup to Saka. Mark, recently he took a break from his loan with Nantes to play in the, the Pan-America Games in uh, South America. Uh, Brazil won that tournament. Marquinhos was a regular starter in that under-23 side. He will now return and has returned, I believe, to Nantes, where he will continue that loan. My understanding is there's no intention from Arsenal at the moment, at least, to return um, him to Arsenal with any recall clauses. So he will continue that loan with Nantes and hopefully he can have more than the opportunities he's had so far. He's only played something like 125 minutes across five or six games for Nantes in that loan. So hopefully that changes because their wingers aren't scoring loads. I had a check of their numbers and it's not exactly great. So hopefully Marquinhos can get a chance. Uh, Charles says, hopefully FFP isn't looked into regarding the Nicola Pepe deal. Again, there's been rumours that there was any issues with that deal. I don't know is the honest answer what uh, these allegations are or if there's any legitimacy to them. Uh, I just don't know. Um, Alex says, Canton, whilst this has been a league vote, doesn't UEFA need to have a say? Otherwise, it would be unfair to other leagues who may be having contrasting regulations, Champions League, Europa League, etc., and unfairness. It's a fair point, Alex. You're right to raise that point. The answer is I don't have one for you. I don't know 
what kind of um, jurisdiction UEFA have on potential blocks of transfers from Arsenal. Of course, financial fair play is a UEFA um, is a UEFA ideal, but also the Premier League have their own financial uh, and sustainability rules, which I think is it's not necessarily FFP that Everton broke. It was the financial um, sustainability, Premier League sustainability rules that, that were there. It's not called that specifically, the name escapes me, but it was more a Premier League rule that Everton were found breaching rather than a UEFA rule. So there are different financial regulations across federations. So I guess that changes things somewhat. But you're right to, to ask the question about this vote and about whether or not UEFA should ban it. But again, I did mention that UEFA and FIFA, as far as I'm aware and think I've read, they're in favour of these multi-club models. They're in favour of this system. So I don't think that they would have any interest in in blocking that type of, of movement. I grow. thank you so much for the kind dona- uh, donation and uh, happy birthday wishes. Pint on me. Indeed, thank you. Uh, very much appreciate that. I will take you up on that. Uh, Amira says, do you think all these financial issues and charges will affect how transfers are done or how fees are set going forwards. I think it should encourage teams to be, you know, um, I guess more, I don't know what the right word is. You want to say sensible, proper, um, in line with the regulation. These types of punishments are designed to show that, I guess, federations are not afraid to stamp the, the ban hammer down and, and stamp the punishment hammer down on, on clubs. So hopefully these these charges will affect clubs dealings and make it happen more uh within the within the confines of the rules but who knows football's a mad sport and we've seen a hell of a lot of people face punishments jail times etc for their actions within this sport so uh who knows uh is the answer to that one uh dara says tom how many points do you think we will have to accumulate to potentially win the league well i mean man city won it last season with 94 so i think 90 plus is probably what Arsenal will need to win the league. So upwards of 90 points, which is a very, very, very difficult thing to to consider, like to see Arsenal potentially achieving. I mean, so far, if we have a look at the league table after 12 games, Arsenal are on 27 points. We've drawn three. Last one, we've dropped nine. No, uh, nine. Yeah, nine points so far this season. That's a lot of points, uh, you know, a third of the way through the campaign. A lot of points we've dropped, nine. So it's difficult. How many maximum points can you get? 30, that's 90 times eight, that's 24. So 114. So we have already dropped, we're already our maximum points, 105. So really, we can't afford to drop points at the rate that we've dropped them if we want to get to what Man City got last season. It's also worth pointing out that City have also dropped um, seven points already this season. So that is, is a big, big drop as well. We're only one point behind Man City at the top of the table. So I think upwards of 90 points is what it will take, but uh, it could be it could be less than that. It could be significantly less than that. And we'll have to, as I say, wait and see. I reckon Dice, thank you for the nation. Forget our t- Mr. Southgate is doing Rambo dirty. Uh, yeah, using Jordan Pickford in those games. You have to question it. You really, really do have to question it. Uh, Mark says, Tom, do you think and hear anything regarding our interest in Gabriel Silva Moscado de Sales, the young Corinthians midfielder? He was Edu's visit, maybe related to him. No, Edu's visit was to Fluminense rather than Corinthians. So I don't think that there was necessarily a link there. And Chelsea are the team that look more keen on Moscado at the moment, Mark. So I'm afraid uh, that's not 
Uh, I don't think he's a player that Arsenal are, at the moment anyway, like leading a race for in any way. They might have an interest, but they're not leading a race for him. Rob, thank you so much for the kind donation. Happy birth- belated birthday uh, with plenty of emojis, uh, which are all relevant. So thank you for that. Very kind of you. Uh, indeed, Rob. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, Maximir says, Tom, let's have a discussion on this tomorrow with roughly one third of the season done. What are the positives and negatives that you see for Arsenal? Where do you see us at the end of the season? And what do we need to improve? I think that regarding the strengths that we have is certainly that we are harder to beat as a team. Uh, And that was showcased in the game against Chelsea. It was showcased in the game against Spurs, even though we weren't that great. And it was absolutely showcased in the game against Manchester City. We are, as a club, much, much harder to beat. The the, the flip side and the negative is, is that we don't seem to be as clean and crisp and, you know, offensively in tune as we were last season. And I think that maybe that is something that will grow with the more familiarity we get with the new players, hopefully with the lack of, uh, with less injuries happening. The injuries have, of course, been a huge, huge reason for this um, frustration and inconsistency in our performances. I think that's been a big part of it, is, is the injuries have really affected things alongside the big changes and the loss of Granite Xhaka as well. That has affected things. But we are a lot more resilient. We are a lot harder to beat. And I think that's a really big thing for a team that want to try and win a title, is if you're harder to beat, if you can beat teams like Man City, you know, that is a really, really big plus. Um, and so I think that's important. Where do I see us at the end of the season? Again, I still see a second. I think Manchester City remain the favourites. Uh, Liverpool, obviously, another very, very big threat for us this year uh, and and certainly shouldn't be taken as lightly as maybe we took them last season. But if Arsenal can get results against City, as they have proven, if they can get a result at Anfield, that would be massive for us. Um, So I see us still very much as as the second favourites this season behind Manchester City. So I have to say that I think City are going to win it. They're my favourites. But Arsenal can win it. And I think Arsenal should be aiming to win a trophy this season. That should be our aim without question. We should be trying to win the FA Cup. We should be trying to win the Champions League. That should be our aims. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what I'm hoping for this season. But we have got things still to improve, things to learn, things to refine. Uh, and I think I've summed them up. Um, Mark says, when we are at our best uh, in the last campaign, it was with Partey in a pivot part of the midfield. If he comes back healthy, we might see at least some time with Odegaard, Partey and Rice playing together. We obviously did see uh, those three play together, I think, what, once? I think we saw it once in the Community Shield. They obviously, I think, played when he party came on against Man City. That is the midfield, I think, that changes things dramatically for us. It changes things over a really long period of time. If you have Partey, Rice and Odegaard in the same team, all of a sudden things are very, very good. Things are looking very, very good indeed. Um, but we need to get Partey back and fully fit for that to be a reality, of course. Uh, Louis says, do you see football squads being increased in size as well as subs to assist with injuries? I know subs have increased already, but perhaps even further. Arteta has called for this. Arteta has suggested that do we have 10 subs and do we have a squad of 30? I, I think he's right to ask for these things. I saw that the stats, something like 22 players are currently missing from Europe's top five leagues after suffering serious knee injuries this season. That's a crazy statistic. And I think that certainly Arsenal have suffered that themselves. We lost Jesus, of course, to another knee injury. Uh, Urien Timber, of course, uh, was out also and continues to be out. And that is not due to misfortune. It's due to fatigue. It's due to the increase of games. Like I know it's a really freak injury that can happen at any time for any player, but the more games, the greater fatigue, the 
the tiredness that's added into this obviously changes things dramatically for players. So I think we need to think about strategies that can help to lighten the loads on players. And I think increasing the squad size is the first of those potential uh, options that clubs should be able to, to look into. But uh, do I see that changing soon? I don't know. There's been no suggestions that it is on the cards to be potentially changing, but Arteta has certainly called for that. Um, Darren says, do I have to be a TGT member to participate in our phoning show? No, Darren, you don't. Um, Our members are part of our preview shows, of which we'll return tomorrow for the game against Brentford. We'll be doing a preview show tomorrow. And uh, but no, for tonight's pre uh, tonight's uh, phone in show, you don't need to be a member. There will be a link made available publicly for anybody to have their say on the ticketing situation, which is a topic that I know has been on the thoughts and minds of a lot of supporters. So that's what we'll be talking about in tonight's phone in at seven o'clock. So do tune in for that. I'm looking forward to it and can't wait to get people's thoughts and feelings on that topic. Um, please do come with your own facts and evidence uh, as well. I always encourage that, so please do. Thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. And uh, do drop a like on the video. There's nearly a 1,000 of you watching this Wednesday morning. Thank you for that. Uh, I will see you all this evening, as I've mentioned. I hope you have a fantastic day. Stay safe, stay well, and help us in our day to 1K um, with those likes. So thank you so much. And as always, and most importantly, sometimes, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.